Welcome to Speaking of Strong Style, where we discuss the news, issues, and events surrounding New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm Stephen Conway. With me, of course, is Jeremy Feinstone. We have a special guest you see there on our screen, Scott Edwards, uh, one of the very top Joshi experts in the world, and that is because the uh, news came in uh, that everyone's been talking about. It does affect New Japan. We're going to talk about it. The firing of Rossi Ogawa by stardom. It has been a firestorm of a week. It seems like every time uh, we do a show, there is some sort of big-time executive that's no longer in their previous position. Uh, just since we've been on the air here, we had Scott Demore TNA. Now it's uh, Rossi. There's just so much to get into, and we knew that we needed to bring in the top gun for this one, and that's Scott Edwards to talk about stardom, which is, of course, owned by the same company that owns New Japan, Bushy Road. And these two companies have been trying in various forms to work together for a couple of years and will continue to going forward. Therefore, stardom news, it's New Japan news as well. And it's going to have an effect on uh, our company here, New Japan. So, uh, Scott, uh, I just wanted to say thank you very much for joining us. Jeremy, uh, you know, it's just been one of these weeks where it seems like every time you uh, look at refresh a news page, you're seeing something pretty important happen in the business. So, Jeremy, we're going to get to Scott in just a second. Sure. What What were your thoughts when you initially saw that uh, all this was coming crashing down on? I guess it was Sunday this past Sunday. Uh, I think I think the first reaction was, "Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, what?" And then just trying to parse what everything meant. And there were select people like Scott uh, on X and Blue Sky, whatnot, kind of putting out like the flames of exactly what wasn't happening and what was happening. And, you know, very quickly we had uh, some of our intrepid journalism in the wrestling field saying, going right away to WWE. And you're just like, cool, that's, that's helpful. And then it turned out that wasn't the case, but there was a component to it that people had jumped to conclusions. So it was a lot of confusion, a lot of, like, I need for this dust to settle before I have an opinion about anything. And I'm, I didn't say anything on Twitter. I didn't say anything anywhere. And I'm just like, I'm just going to just sit back and watch and see where we get. And I feel like now we're in a very like clear idea of what's going to happen moving forward. And I'm glad we have Scott here to replay the timeline, give clarity to everything and basically uh, separate the bullshit the news from the noise. And that's, we're gonna, that's makes me happy. We're going to get to that in just a moment. We're going to be talking about that decision to fire Rossi Ogawa and what it means going forward. We're also going to look at the two Corican Hall shows, The Road to New Beginning, which provided some news and some angles that we're going to get into. And then we'll look ahead at the new beginning in Osaka, Fantastica Mania. There's a lot to do in the next hour and a half here. But let's get into this Rossi thing now, Scott, because we knew that he wasn't happy. That had been made public. They had switched the person at Bushy Road who was in charge of stardom a few months ago, and they put Taro Okada uh, in. Uh, Okada is also a part-time director to Hiroshi Tanahashi in New Japan. So when that happened, it looked like, okay, maybe they're going to try hard to get a little bit better synergy going between New Japan and stardom and all that. What we apparently didn't know publicly, although there were rumblings and things, but was that Rossi had already decided to leave stardom at that point. So what can you tell us a little bit about this? There, there was a switch in Bushy Road, but it wasn't enough 
to keep Rossi happy, wasn't happy with interference and booking decisions. Like, can you walk us a little bit through how this soured? Yeah, um, I think the best way to put it is when you don't let the booker be the booker, people start to get angry. And okay. that's really what we watched in the past year plus um, happen in stardom. Rossi Ogawa was no longer making the final calls on who's to be champion and who's to be in this tournament and that, like so on and so forth. We, we saw that time and time again. Um, it, there's been rumblings, like never full on confirmation on certain things, but uh, Dave did a really good job of kind of quickly recapping that the night of, uh, like you said, the resignation, which was not public knowledge at the time had already been in, uh, but the firing of course is the bigger story now. Um, so that was at about Sunday night, uh, that stardom dropped the news that they were firing Rossi Ogawa. And, you know, if you read it, if you read the message, it pretty much is like, all right, how do we, how do we muddy this guy on the way out? Right. Because yeah. ultimately like they were on their way to a pretty fair split. He was going his way. They were going to go their way on uh, February 18th, I believe, which was just a regular house show, but that would be his final date. And then they used the idea of poaching, which is a very big deal, obviously, which that's when the chaos started because people said, huh? But mm -hmm. po poaching for what? Right. And then you and then you follow that with the report from Sean Ross or it wasn't a report, actually. He has said it was just speculation that he heard from multiple companies that he may be on his way to WWE. So people instantly started thinking, oh, he's trying to bring stardom wrestlers to WWE. Right. People know that Julia is on her way there. So in their mind, they're thinking, oh, he's trying to bring this one and that and, one. And, who, and, you know, and, who Kyrie, and Kyrie went there. Right. So, oh, did Rossi funnel yeah. Kyrie back to WWE? Exactly. It Ultimately, it became let's paint the worst possible picture for Rossi. And it worked. <laughs> it really did. A lot of people just started mocking the guy. Doesn't help when we have a guy that has no idea that leads another company start saying things. I'm not saying no, his yeah. name. You, you connect those dots. Um, and ultimately, it just became this absolute storm that night. Uh, thank, but I do appreciate what Dave did with the uh, subscriber exclusive report, which is in in like it wasn't bolded but it pretty much read in bold to me he is not going to wwe going. <laughs> yeah. and and uh, i want to say hello to a couple of our uh viewers listeners colin is here uh tyler moran is here yeah glad you're here live too tyler and you know that colin mentions like that, that's what i said who's he poaching for well it turns out that what they were trying to do was painted that he was poaching for himself because the idea that rossi is now going to go forward and start his own promotion and i think what stardom was trying to do was heal Rossi in the eyes of the fans by saying, here's this guy that's trying to take away your stardom people from you. Yeah. Like, you know, he's trying to wreck stardom and by God, you're a stardom fan. So boo on Rossi Ogawa for trying to poach talent to go to his thing and take him away from stardom yeah. from, you know, and I think that's how they tried to do it. I think that might end up really backfiring on him, but so, bottom line is some people are going to go. And some people aren't. Uh, Julia has basically said publicly now that she is going to go with Rossi and help him start his new promotion before she goes to WWE. 
There will certainly be others. We don't know specifically who. And as far as we go, Scott, let's fill us in on this real quickly before uh, the start. I have a question. John- I have a real. I have a quick question about, uh, about okay, this sir. Project, right, real quick. Yeah. Is there a difference between Rossi Ogawa telling people he's not going to be continuing with the company, and and telling the talent that, and then the talent being like, "Well, if you're not going to be here, I'm not going to be here." And then all the and then the stardom like management mm-hmm. like trying to renegotiate and all yeah. like realizing oh this person's not going to be coming back this right. person's not going to be coming back they immediately jump to a poaching accusation when it's simply I'm not going to be here if Rossi's not going to be here is yeah. that more of like how it kind of played out and and like <clears throat> the one aspect because that was kind of the question I had because you can yeah. go you can jump to that conclusion. From just people being like, no, I'm not resigning. And it had, and it's, you know what, like, take it from there. Yeah. I mean, Rossi, Rossi kind of backs up what you're saying with his Tokyo Sports interview. He had said that, you know, people came to me when I said I was leaving. Like, they, you know, and, and he also adds that people had come to me before I even said I was leaving, kind of like, I don't, I'm not going to resign. I don't want to be here type things like that. And, if you have followed any of my many, 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 many tweets of certain <laughs> people uh, talking about Rossi, including former stardom general manager Fuka, who was a big part of the company. She helped start the company. She was the head trainer until 2018. Um, she had said very specifically, what Rossi always has done is try to protect his fa- his wrestlers. That's the one thing he does. So ultimately, if you take that and you take what he's saying, it does sound like he was trying to almost give these wrestlers an avenue to go towards if they didn't want to stay in this company that is no longer really being run by him. And I'll keep saying this to people. I'm going to do a big episode about the whole situation timeline because there's been a lot and there's going to be a lot more. And I have no idea when, uh, I really don't know when this is going to end. Like everyone keeps saying March, it's going to go longer than March. It's not Mm. just March. Right. Mm. Um, Because one of the things that I keep pointing to is the legal threats that Dave specified that told me that not everyone's leaving at the same time. That's pretty much what that said to me. So even if people want to leave, it's going to be a long process. Um, We don't know obviously when this new promotion is starting, but Jeremy, I think you are right in that if Rossi isn't leaving to other wrestlers who are loyal to him and want to work for him, Mm -hmm. that may have just led to them saying, Oh, then we want out. Um, You know, well, see the the other thing is from Bushy Road's side of it. And I'm not, I'm not trying to advocate either side. I'm just saying here's going to be the fight. What Jeremy said is what Rossi is saying. Like I I said, I was going to leave and there are other people that are saying, well, I'm coming with you. You made me, I'm going with you, buddy. You you know, the other side of his bushy road is going to say that what Rossi was doing was saying, Hey, I know you're in a contract. Don't sign with them. Don't sign. Right. I got my own thing coming. Come with me later. And that's how they're going to portray the poaching idea. Now we've talked about it before the contracts in new Japan, of course, most of the most of the contracts, especially for the Japanese, are year to year, not multi year, and they end in February ish. And in stardom, it's there's a similar structure where most, except with one key exception that we know of, Mayu Iwatani, who has a movie coming out, so they've signed her a little longer term to make you know to help promote that movie that they they produced. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Most of them are on year-to-year deals as well, though. I believe so. Okay. Under, my belief is that it's exactly like the New Japan system for a lot of the wrestlers. Mayu's different. I'm sure the higher talent are different. Um, but I believe it is the same premise. I would be very shocked if the company run under the same company was handled very differently. Uh, Mayu's obviously a different case. You, she's, it's she's a movie, brought, right? She, she signed on longer because of the movie. She's also likely the highest paid, if I had to guess. Like she's, you know, she's she's the top dog for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. So it's very different with her. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I believe it's handled the same way as New Japan contracts. And uh, Dunstan has a question here. Dunstan Williams, glad to see you, Dunstan here uh, for Scott. And if you have questions for us or Scott, please uh, show up in the chat. We'll put them up. Uh, he says, wasn't the whole point of removing Harada? That's the former Bushy Road executive in charge of Stardom. Uh, and getting a less intensive schedule, the change he wanted. Uh, well, I, again, there's a couple of different things going on here. That could have been a part of it, right, Scott? And then the other part is the the interference where he would want to push somebody and they would basically change it or say, no, you can't make that person the champion. So we had a couple of – we had things going on on multiple levels, correct? Yeah, from my understanding, I again, I believe Dave had added this to the report – Nothing changed really when they replaced Harada with Okada in terms of butting in and making booking decisions in the end, which mm-hmm. was the which I believe is the biggest problem of them all. Because if again, I can't stress this enough if you're not going to have your booker book, then what's the point? Yeah. That's why he's there. I got a, I got a quick timeline of your tweets if we want to pull them up and then we can all just right. kind of run through yeah. the uh, the trail of events here, sure. So there you go. That was, uh, that was of course, from uh, the 5th. And uh, that was, I'll kind of say, he's received several inquiries that multiple wrestlers will be leaving stardom in the coming months or are currently thinking about it per Tokyo Sports. And, uh, yeah, so he admits, and, and then another one says, uh, from, also from the 5th, Rossi admits uh, to a new organization said the wrestlers came to him not wanting to stay with stardom. So that just kind of got into the whole idea that uh, – stardom sort of positioning Rossi as the heel as the reason some fans might not be seeing their favorites moving forward. Notably, he did confirm a new promotion, which I think is the biggest part of it all. Um, You know, he didn't, he didn't shy away and be like, Oh, you know, like we'll see. No, he said, well, if you're going to, it, it read to me as if you're going to say I'm doing, because Okada had said that was the expectation was a new promotion in the Tokyo sports article. So there was quick confirmation right after that. And then I added uh, these two right here, which is mm. uh, so some more motivational uh, mindsets about what's going on. No matter what it says on the marquee, it's the wrestlers who embody the spirit of what Star truly is and always will be support them, whatever their decisions may be moving forward. It's all about like there's a lot of discussion about who's going where and who's gonna yeah. who's gonna be on what side. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, there are still wrestlers that we want to support, and it's yeah. likely not gonna matter where they go because you're a fan of the wrestler and having two promotions could just be better for all. And then yeah. Sanahiro Takagi uh told Tokyo Sports he believed Rossi Ogawa's exit from stardom and decision to make a new company is a good thing, believing it will make the Joshi market bigger. Which I 100% agree with. Um, there's a lot of ways to look at this. Obviously, 
the stardom as we know it is crumbling in many ways, but they're not going to go away. I know Okada had thrown that into that Tokyo sports are uh, report of yeah. like, Oh, you know, if everyone leaves, we'll have to shut it down. They're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, Hey, how do we make Rossi look a little worse? Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you lose the company that you love. Uh, but I, I think the big conversation for a long time in the Joshi world, especially the past couple of years, is that stardom is so far ahead that competition didn't exist. And it kind of became like, all right, then who are they trying to beat? And it came down to, well, they're not going to beat New Japan mm-hmm. and they're beating everyone else, right? Like in terms of numbers and stuff, right? There was a belief that stardom was probably the number two promotion now in Japan. I think that was perfectly acceptable. Um, so now we have competition. It just might be the worst possible person to be competition against, truthfully. And we're going to get uh, to some of the questions that are coming in here in a little bit. But I also want to talk about, you mentioned how stardom was so far ahead. It's it's intriguing in that the reason Rossi sold to stardom, or to Bushy Road, sold stardom to Bushy Road, was so that it could get an infusion of cash that he didn't quite have part of one of the reasons he wanted to grow it, make it bigger. And mm-hmm. that was going to be the mechanism of somebody that had all that, uh, the machinery behind it. I mean, it's yeah. an entertainment conglomerate and it worked. And again, I go back to the, the, the biggest example of this stardom is the only company in the world who grew during the pandemic. That's yeah. it. That's the list. Stardom world, world wondering stardom. And it, so it did work. It's the interference, though, and I we mentioned that some of the things like the 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 silly stuff, the the zombies coming out of the Halloween show, some of the other stuff. Was that the stuff that was being pushed upon him, or uh, yeah. I, is that some of the stuff you're talking about? And yeah. then it flat out changing his champion. I always wondered when you always say I want autonomy, right? You know, oh, and that's the deal. It's autonomy, but it's it never works that way. If somebody owns the company, they get final say. And I can just imagine someone coming up to Rossi and just saying, well, this person sells five more t-shirts a show, so they need to be the champion. And Rossi going, oh, we're trying to build this other person. I did five more t-shirts, Rossi. It's right here on the spreadsheet. <laughs> and, you know, ugh. Rossi's, what, what has always made stardom and that being Rossi so great has been his ability to build new stars. Mm-hmm. And like you said here, if you're making the most, if you're going to the person you can believe in easiest to help attendance or so on, right? You guys see it in New Japan. Tetsuya Naito is the world champion right now. Like you, you go back to the people that, you know, help you along the way. That's just not how he books. And I think that is probably part of the reason. Now, who is the champion when he's leaving? Someone brand new. So there's also that conversation. Uh, to be had, you know, somewhere down the line. We, there's still a lot to learn about what decisions were and weren't his, but by the end, it really felt like nothing was probably his decision anymore. That's why, especially once he gave the notice. I mean, you can you can connect the dots, who's, who's making who champion and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, I think um, ultimately what people will quickly learn is, and this is kind of on the positive tweet side that I had, is... I already see a lot of people kind of turning on one side or the other. Right. And I think that's the wrong way to look at this. Competition makes everyone better. And there's going to be wrestlers that stay with Bushy Road because, hey, you know what? That's a really nice paycheck. That's a really nice paycheck, right? 
And there's going to be some wrestlers that leave with Rossi who are one loyal two want to be part of this new thing. And three, there may be opportunity. One of the, if there's yeah. one bad thing about stardom, it was too packed yeah. in terms of this person needs to be champion. This person needs to be champion, you know, so on and so forth. And they <laughs> and were they never were... going to be champion. <laughs> and everybody was right. And everybody yes. was right. All those people deserve yeah. to be champions of some company. And it's an interesting point, Scott, because they're going to be some very difficult decisions. And that's a very obvious thing to say, but if you're on top, it with stardom, do you leave and hope that you're still on top with Rossi or, you know, and, and I mean, I keep thinking about some of these people that are upper mid card. Uh, and one that I was, you know, a couple that I kicked around, I'm not going to name it, but picture somebody that's second or third in a faction with stardom. Sure. They really have to roll the dice. Do you go off with Rossi at the new thing and hope you can become the number one or, or do you kind of sit back and wait to see if the people ahead of you in stardom mm -hmm. leave and then you can ascend to the stop spot in stardom? Yeah. It, you know, you got stardom, which is a an established one with a big company backing it and or, you know, Rossi's thing. And who knows? You know, you got to the, these people have to be thinking. Uh, and by the way, I, I do this because if mm -hmm. worrying if worrying were in the Olympics, I would captain Team USA. But if <laughs> captain anxiety over here, <laughs> oh my god! But if I leave to go to Rossi's thing and it doesn't get traction, can I come back, or do right. I have to go to Ice Ribbon or Diana or who's going to take? You know, yeah, this is a hard call. There, there is no obvious answer here. Well, there yeah. are some people that have made a decision, and I'm going to show you uh, yeah. now. Well, that's what I was going to ask, Scott. Who has spoken publicly and kind of told us what they were doing? Uh, well, Tam Tam Nakano made it very clear what she was doing. She she didn't hesitate. She is the only one that I I think has said full out, "I am staying with Stardom." Mm -hmm. uh, Micah has kind of hinted at it. Obviously, she showed a lot of frustration, and rightfully so. She's yeah. pretty upset that uh, her her big night was. Uh... Yeah. So she's got reason to be mad at both sides, right? Because obviously the pay-per-view crashed when she won the title, and that's a reason to be mad at Bouchard. And then the night that she has her first successful title defense, it ends up being all about Rossi Ogawa. Mm -hmm. um, so there is understandable frustration on hers. And I, I do assume she's going to be the one that stays here, obviously. She is the world champion, and there's a reason she's in that spot. Uh, but what I will stress is that with what Steven was saying, this is going to be a long process. Everyone's expecting this mass exodus come March based off of what Dave had reported. I don't expect like, you know, 16 wrestlers to leave. I'm sure it's going to be a handful and they're going to go with Rossi and that's going to be the promotion. And then come next year maybe because yeah. you know there are contracts here at hands oh that promotion is doing good oh yes. i love working for rossi oh or i'm gonna go there <laughs> or, or it doesn't and the decision's or, made for you right exactly yeah, yeah. i think it, some people play it safe and just kind of yeah, let's see how this plays out the only person i'll stress that is the one that i would bet on leaving is the one that can't and that we know of and that is mayu iwatani there is no one more loyal to that man than her she, he, she, it's the reason this movie is essentially being made. He's the one that took her in and helped her, like, pretty much grow. Um, and you know, her tweet was the most telling. She was like, I can't think of any nice words to say right now, yeah. so I'm just not going to say anything. And that's clear frustration. Now, she's gonna, you know, she's gonna be a 
world-class worker and represent with the IWC company woman until she doesn't have to be a company woman anymore. Yeah. Like, and that's my belief. I don't like, I don't know for sure, but that is my pure belief. If there's anyone that I'm betting on, besides Julia, Julia has made it perfectly clear. Yeah, Julia <laughs> uh, well, I, well, we'll actually, get Julia, to Julia in a minute. <laughs> Dave has also made it clear for us. Um, but <laughs> if there's anyone that I would guess it would be Mayu just because of that's like true family, like loyalty, you know, she's been in stardom since day one with him. Well, literally, her, her the Stardom's first show was her first match. Am I right? Yeah. Yes. You should, yes. Listen to listen to Stardom Road, by the way, if you want to know the history of Stardom. That's Scott's uh, podcast. Uh, another uh, one of Scott's podcasts that's really helped me with a lot of Stardom history, right there. And it talked about the you did an entire episode on the very first show and how uh, the uh, terrified looking Mayu Iwatani was having her very first match. And yeah. uh, there's quite a growth from uh, that uh, scared uh, woman to uh, one of the greatest of all time now. So. Yeah, there's just going to be a lot. I, I do expect that a lot of people are going to take that wait and see approach. And and here, let's go into this now too. Taro Okada still in charge of that. We know that they are going finally doing what we hoped they would do with yeah. the IWGP Women's Championship, which is defend the title on big New Japan shows. We're going to be seeing Mina Shirakawa. I didn't even need a big one. I just needed one. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. After after what was kind of a uh, the Tam Nakano match with uh, you know and with Mayu at uh, at Wrestle Kingdom that ended up being a delivery system for. Uh, Mercedes Monet, which is about the only reason that match uh, happened. So, uh, you know, now we're going to be getting Shirakawa and Mayu Iwatani in Sapporo. We hope, as New Japan fans, to see more of this kind of thing going forward. But with that in mind, Scott, Dunstan's asking this Should they have wrestlers like Tam or Yuji Nagata, who has shown a lot of interest in stardom, usually turns up at their big events? Uh, take over for the booking. My impression mm. is that they're going to roll the dice with, you know, have let Okada and uh, I, I'm blanking on the name. You probably Oyami. know me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're going to be doing it going forward as they may have been doing it for the last few months. Yeah. Um, I think long term, they're going to probably get themselves another booker because they currently just have two people in there that aren't doing it. Seems and like a good idea. I, I would say so. They have a cork in, in less than a week now. And there's not a single thing booked for that show. Not a single yeah. match. Yeah. And listen, I get it. I, I'm if if I'm if I had to guess, Rossi is still probably making these house show cards, um, based off of how long it's taking them to put these together. Uh, you know, I making mean, decisions and making cards very different. I definitely thought it was interesting timing that the IWGP women's championship match was made and announced and set. The night that yeah. they decided, you know what, we're actually going to move away from you now. <laughs> yeah, and it was not uh, a it was not a belt that Roxy was actively promoting and uh, spending a whole lot of time on. And you know, it, it was curious that they decided that they were going to use the Sapporo show uh, to to do this. And now we have a situation with Julia with the women's strong title, uh, trying to figure <laughs> out exactly when and where they're going to either vacate. Or she's gonna do the job to somebody, and who? Sure, sure feels like it's gonna be a pretty uh, nothing show that she's gonna drop this belt on at this stage. Because yeah, she's and not she coming to Chicago. Initially, she was gonna no. come to Windy City Riot, and now she's not. Yeah, she's not making it to that. Um, no. If I, she's got three challengers. Sorry, four challengers right now. Three of them are currently in Japan. I would guess Nai Takahashi is not gonna be one to beat her. 
what if what if they brought in Stephanie back here on one of the CMLL Fantastic Amazing? See, they should. That's what I thought. They they should should just do it. That's not. That's what I thought they should have done anyways. It just made too much sense. Like, oh, Stephanie, CMLL is already coming over. Throw the match on there at the very end. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. why? Why not? Because I think Vicar should be the champion anyways. Truthfully, I think the flexibility of what you can do with her would be very interesting uh, because keeping the belt just in Japan wasn't the purpose of that strong belt, obviously. Right. Um, yeah. Julia is a fun one. This is going to be a fun couple months. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, you know, it's funny. It was kind of be, it was going to be a fun couple months anyways. Cause everyone's like, <laughs> uh, what, what, what are we doing here with her? Well, and, the, um, the real, the real rumor mill started on Sunday night before the startup show or before the Roxy News, because NXT had that yeah. promo about the three faces, and there was a large contingent that immediately jumped to May. Wow. May is down the line. That's later this year. It could be Julia. And then if you start thinking about it, it's probably going to be a little bit later that Julia is becoming the WWE. Well, so Okada, right? Is that what everyone said? <laughs> okay. once, once Julia was declined, everyone's like, oh, then it's Okada, no, it's clearly. Okada. <laughs> If I see Okada in an NXT ring ever in my life, someone's gonna pay. The the the, <laughs> no, the number of cryptic videos NXT does, I think it's just funny that all this is being pinned because they they do this for people that have not had matches yet. There are only out of their one training match center. that Okada so, needs to have. So in NXT. Everybody needs to kind of cool their tits on that one because <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. They have not done Julia. these. They did these videos for <laughs> Wendy Chu. Okay, guys, I mean, and and Wendy's a talented worker, not a big star. But uh, yeah. a very, very talented wrestler, but not a big star. They do these videos for every. If we're going to fantasy book this one thing, there's only one match Okada needs to have. And at one of the shows, he faces Ilya Dragunov. He beats Ilya Dragunov. He goes right up to the main <laughs> roster. But that'll be a hell of a match if they ever do it as Okada and Ilya Dragunov. So yeah. here's, a, here's one for you, Scott, from Colin. He mentioned, do you think Nanai will help out with the booking? So throwing Nanai out there with Tam or Yuji Nagata to be a possible stardom booker. I doubt it. I feel like, I feel like it would be Rossi that would bring in the Nye originally. So that's the relationship. Yeah, they worked I, together I, to be to begin uh, stardom in the yeah. first place. After what <laughs> uh, all Japan women, right? That, that was yeah. Like unless the first unless Ushiro wants to toss some money at Nanai, no, I don't think so. I think Eugene the guy is an interesting shout. Truthfully, that was a great um, one. That was a yeah, great that's very interesting idea because yeah. he has shown interest. I've seen people ta- throw around Liger because Liger's been on commentary before for their shows. Um, T- Tam can do it when she's not active. I'm, I'm a little scared of what that would look like <laughs> if she, when she is active. Yeah, uh, she's working both sides of the aisle. <laughs> uh, Here Youth believes that vignette was for Boa and Dante Chen. That's a good point. And I'd bet money that Okada is AEW bound. If you, if I had I to bet, bet the house, too. yeah, I, I think so also. Uh, the house always we, don't, we don't know. We don't know. Wait, isn't Chen Chinese? Mm-hmm. That would be a Japanese proverb. Do you think NXT? Do you think Sean? Do you think Sean Michaels knows the difference? I think in twenty twenty four they're a little more aware of that. Just a little. Michaels, (laughs) Sean Michaels, Sean Michaels is aware of that. I I think I think coached in a press. I'm not sure he. I think performing better than Triple H in a presser actually might have. Developed I wasn't ready for blue. NXT talk, but here we are. I think I think Shawn Michaels <laughs> believes Japan anyway, is a city in China. Like if you oh, ask Shawn Michaels what's Japan, I think he says it's a city in China. I don't think he knows this, this show is going to be all over the place because that's like when AAA, the MLW, the NFT, 
there is there is a sprawling set of fallout for everything that happened. Yeah, yeah there definitely. I, I liked it better when nothing was happening to my promotion. Oh man, you could come in, talk to New Japan. Guys. Maybe there were a couple extra shows you'd have to watch, but you're running down the line here talking about the magic. Oh no, let's uh let's go deep into stardom. Let's go let's recap two MLW matches. Let's talk to oh, TNA the board fallout and how that can affect you. Yeah, this was cool. not all in the plan a couple of days ago. <laughs> no, it's just amazing. I, I was mentioning it before we went on the air. If you took new Japan, WWE stardom and TNA and said that the, the, the longest tenured person in their position of the of power in the company is Hiroshi Tanahashi is president of new Japan. <laughs> Everybody else has somebody newer than that. Uh, running the show right there. I just said you were absolutely nuts, but there you go. Dunstan's asking if you're Bushi Road, what would you do in order to retain talent? Uh, you know, the, there's there's a couple of obvious ones. There's money, uh, but if you're budget conscious, I mean, you try to just you, you try to convince them that this is you know who knows what's going to happen with him. Is he going to get any kind of distribution? Is he going to get any kind of video? You know, fear of the unknown works in their favor, right? You have to remain yeah. consistent. You just yeah. have to stay the course and not and not feel like you're flailing to the talent. You just yeah. it just has to be a confident hand steering the ship. Doesn't matter who it is, as long as it's a confident, competent, and confident hand. Yeah. I, Dunstan I, also asked, Do you think this shows that ghetto could be removed as head booker? What to go to stardom? No, he, I think he just needs to get or or to get canned or get, get out of there. Uh, I didn't I, I have been making that joke for days. I was like, you know, I don't see Bushi Road bothering gato when they should have like five times in the past five years but here we are it's interesting isn't it yeah um i eat i'm not trying to say that ghetto's doing his be- his very best work right now I, I don't think he is but i i do think that they're going to have ghetto shepherd us through whatever the we joked about this that this tour is called new beginning but the actual new beginning will be after new beginning because this is the remnants of whatever the plan was they've had to change a lot but this is the remnants of what the plan was at the beginning of the year after new beginning in Sapporo, I think is when we're actually going to get whatever they've decided to do with all these departures. And uh, I, I think Ghetto's going to get a shot messy. there. Messy, uh, messy, messy. Yeah. And uh, on the stardom side from Hiryu, uh, I hope the wrestlers are taken care of. Uh, the booking makes sense and that Natsupoi wins the white belt. Well, we all love the murder pixie, don't we? And then uh, one from Dunstan. Scott, do you think the new schedule and new bookers that the Mike Rain could be in jeopardy in terms of impact for the company? Uh, you mean the Mike Rain could be in jeopardy? Is that was that's what yeah. it looks like here? Um, uh, I I think the Mike Rain will be fine. Mike could kind of. I think Mike is really part of this new age that they're pushing. I think she's going to be fine, but. Listen, they do got to prove a lot, right? They got to prove this new schedule because they may be getting paid a lot of money, but their bodies were going through hell last year. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. O- only so much money can make up for, you know, months and months and months and months of having to rehab and things like that, which some wrestlers still are. Not to play is not back. No. Um, Kogum is not back. A few wrestlers are not back. I think that will be a big part of it. Like there's still a lot for Bushi Road to prove. Because they're the ones that made the schedule. Tony Khan, newsflash, they're the ones that put the pay-per-views on the days you wanted people. Yeah. Like just yeah. that's the reality. So there's there's a lot on both sides that needs to be proven. Yeah, Bushiroad's got the money. I that that is that is undeniable. But 
they got a lot of brand new things in hand that they got to figure out and we'll have to see what uh rossi and julia and company do i'll add julian because we know that one <laughs> it's, it's, it, it is <laughs> won't be the last time we had this conversation <laughs> yeah. it's fascinating it's fascinating too because boy this new batch of rookies for stardom are as good as we've seen in a really long time too so yuzuki mm-hmm. rana and and if what we're hearing about the interference is true then this group uh you know hanako and all that the they're more used to the Bushy Road people than they are to Rossi having the final say in things. If yeah. if if this interference goes back as far as long as we've heard, so so many layers to this, and you know that, and that it's a question that Colin mentioned earlier. Is if Rossi starts this new promotion, it looks like he is. Where where does it get seen? It's not going to be on Stardom World, obviously. Does it go to Wrestle Universe? TJPW is on that. Doesn't mean they can't. But uh, he has to find a way to get it seen by a wider audience than just doing house shows. And that's going to be probably, Scott, his biggest obstacle, right? I mean, it's just to find yeah. a place to distribute this and get and make some money off it. That's always the scary part. But, but, but the indies of all indies in the world of Joshi can make me see shows. So he'll be fine. I'll yeah. remind everyone that the indies that probably don't have the same, you know, sponsorships that I'm sure he'll have. And, you know, cause listen, Rossi's got all the connections he's going to need. That's the reality here. Like he has been doing this forever. He has been doing the, I, I sang his praises and why he should be in the observer hall of fame a few months ago. It's cause he's been doing this since all Japan women's he's do it. He did it for Arceon, which didn't last long, but he did do that. And then of course he did it for stardom. He's got all these relationships. Things are going to happen. I think it'll be shown like there's way too much noise to be happening right now for like him to just like have whatever his first show is, whenever it is. And no one can see it. Like, come on, Julia's. We know Julia's gonna be there, so like, it has to be seen whenever that happens. And that's like, yeah. it, it's scared. Like, that's the big thing for people. Like, am I gonna be able to see this? Like, I'm scared about that alone. I was like, I'm sure one way or the other we'll be able to see it, even if it's like streamed on YouTube. We'll be yeah. able to see it. Yeah, it's gonna be fascinating. And and Rossi is woven within the fabric of Joshi wrestling all the ways. I mean, there's been Joshi wrestling almost as long as there's been men's wrestling in Japan overall. But since like the beauty pair in the seventies, it's been a different uh, level. And uh, Rossi was part of that late seventies. I believe he started as a photographer, according to what Dave Meltzer said, but he worked his way into the office. And Scott, if I'm not mistaken here, at one point he helped organize the all Japan women's office. Like they didn't even necessarily know, all their history of title changes yeah. and things like they just weren't organized and he yeah. helped whip that into shape. And and really, I'm not sure. He helped that, a lot with the crush gals, which I don't know. Newsflash. Big Joshi. deal. I was going to say big deal. <laughs> the biggest thing that ever happened in Joshi wrestling, for sure. The crush gals and, and everything afterwards is owed to that in a way. I mean, the, the, none of this happens without, without the crush gals and things and you know yeah yeah so it's and he was a big part of all that so i mean he's part of the fabric of the whole thing if you ever seen the if you ever seen the wrestlers episode or whatever it's called on vice of stardom there's this great clip Mm -hmm. of rossi because they did an episode on Stardom, and rossi's just like he knew how far ahead stardom was from everyone else he's gonna (laughs) he's He's found a chip on his shoulder for the first time in a long time. And I think that's a scary thing. 
And if he gets <laughs> a good thing, and all, all he good. And I'll continue, and I'll just say this before we move on. All he needs is one or two big stars. That's all you need yeah. to make. He can make the others. Yes, that's yep. that's what he does. Here's a big one, Scott. Do you see Saray uh, joining Stardom now? I would see Sari definitely wrestling in one of these two companies yes. by the end of the year. I was going to say, are you sure it's stardom of the two where she's going to go? I'm not. If she doesn't have to sign, because it seems like she doesn't want to sign, it definitely seems possible either way. And that's a big get for whoever gets her. I'll keep saying that. One you of know, the best in the world. You know, who's the person she keeps wanting to wrestle? Who did Julia just write about in Tokyo Sports? Or, no, sorry, Shoe Pro? Sari. Where's, Ju- where's Julia going? Math starts to add up here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ceri's been in WWE, and we saw what they did there. So we we, oh, we don't need it. Let's do it. There. Let's do it before that. Let's do it for Rossi if we're going to do it right there. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh man. All right. So God, thanks for the uh, the stardom talk, man. Yeah, I got to do it again tomorrow, so it's mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> uh, we are we're gonna keep on with the New Japan talk if there's nothing else. But you're welcome to stay as long as you like. If you have to get going, uh, you you can just leave and disappear. We just keep on talking. (laughs) You can do the mic drop now, or do you want to stick around and talk Uh, to New Japan? I'll talk a little New Japan for a little bit. I haven't talked to New Japan in a while. uh, We'll do the um, we'll do the whole. Thank you for listening and watching on Fight Game Media YouTube. (laughs) We have many many shows on this network. We have many many programs on this network. On the YouTube, we have the Dynamite show on Wednesday night. We will have a reaction show to the WWE press conference in just a few hours with Garrett Gonzalez and Paul Fontaine. And we also have power bomb shows on Sunday mornings. In addition to that, our radio shows go Monday through Friday. Right now we have the boom in the clinch, the dynamite show, the uh, five star Joshi show. And I am blanking on one right now. The rap. Oh gosh. The rap. The rap. It's big and, time for the rap. Uh, and then it's we have bonus shows. We will be live on Monday with the reactions to the February 11th War Game style Okada Tanahashi big match. And if you like this content and more, please like and subscribe, click, share, aggregate everything that Scott Edwards does, myself, Stephen Conway, everyone here at Fight Game Network. We appreciate everything and all the support. And uh, yeah, we'll take from there. Yeah, we do indeed. And if you're listening as a podcast, remember to uh, just, uh, give us a review, uh, give us five star uh, rating. All that stuff helps people find the show. And more important, if you have a New Japan curious friend, for the love of God, word of mouth is the best way to do all this stuff. So let them know that we are here. We had two shows in Corican Hall over the weekend. They've been doing house shows on either side of these Corican Hall shows, but I've been keeping an eye on the results. It's a bunch of preview tags. I'm sure they were perfectly fine as live shows. Not a lot of canon storyline involved in that pretty much your your basic house show uh preview tag so we're going to go into these cork and hall shows where uh we did have some news and angles so on sunday february 4th cork and hall 1433 people so a strong crowd there it's down a little on monday and we'll get to why uh but in this one we had uh the show opening with an angle and it was the War Dogs beating up Jeff Cobb. That Jeff Cobb had been in the lobby where you come up in the elevators to the fifth floor there to get to Corican Hall doing the signings. That's where you, where all the uh, tables are and stuff like that. And they uh, beat him up, drug him out in front of the crowd because uh, J- uh, Jeff has a legit quad injury. So far, he is still booked for Osaka. He's still booked for Osaka, but they did want to put it in everybody's heads that he is 
uh, compromised. But that injury is legit. That's a real thing. Uh, it wasn't just a worked injury there. So uh, putting a, a little bit of doubt in about uh, about Cobb as uh, we go toward this match. So that was uh, that surprised you, Jeremy, that they just came out of that with that right out uh, of the gate. They've done that recently with a couple yeah. of little injury angles. So it was like, oh, yeah, they're going back to this old gem. Sounds good to me. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. it. These are these are the equivalent of the go-home shows before the pay-per-view, if the best way I can put it. It's like not crazy stuff is happening, but there are some things here that are getting you even more hyped up for the big show on Sunday. And we're going to talk about the cool things that got you hyped up. That. Yeah, they, they have added some layers to this. So there was a 10-man tag match that you see on the screen right there. And this was the House of Torture. We had Evil, Ren Narita, Sho, Kanemaru, and, Taka, and Yujiro Takahashi with Dick Togo. They faced El Desperado, uh, Bolt Noleg, uh, Shota Umino, Togi Makabe, and Yoshihashi. Just under 10 minutes for this one. Uh, basic stuff. It ended with an everything is evil on Makabe for the win, which again is just shows you how different Bolton Oleg is being booked as a young lion that uh, they had a young lion in the match and they beat Makabe. Uh, and then, uh, but uh, Oleg looks good in his, in his spots. He does all those power moves there where he like picks up the guy, like he's doing the, the, the brush clubs and all that stuff. Uh, and in the end, for reasons known only to themselves, they had evil spray paint, the never title black. So he spray painted the never open weight title black uh, for reasons we're unclear of, but there it is, and and they did it, and I guess that's supposed to upset Shoto Amino, and um, I'm pretty sure he can just kind of get some paint remover and get rid of that. But there it is. Uh, that was the angle they did to start this one off and set us on the road to Evil versus Shota. The hidden gem in this match were the double team moves between uh, Desperado and Bolton Oleg. There was this like moment between the two that he's like Desperado was like, "What? Look at you! Yeah, okay, let's go do this." And then they started beating up. Uh, for a couple seconds, and it was just one of those watching Oleg interact with the New Japan, like, proper talent instead of just the Young Lions is incredibly enjoyable. Yeah, Oleg's funny because he's he's very, he speaks Japanese very well, pretty much fluently, yeah. and uh, he's always very humble and he's very quiet. So uh, some people on the New Japan roster have taken it upon themselves to crack him up, either during matches or during interviews. Uh, Shane Hayes got him uh, through uh, twerking at him while he was uh hitting ringside so he got a got a grin out of bolton which is not easy to do after that we had uh the bullet club version uh chase owens kenta and taiji ishimori that group uh beating up the gorillas of destiny and uh they this time it's el fantasma and hikaleo with tomowaki honma and this has just been new japan trying to convince us that chase and chase owens and kenta have a chance of winning the iwgp tag team titles they've been beating the Gorillas of Destiny from pillar to post, mostly by either submitting Jado or pinning him or beating Honma. Uh, it's just a way to build up the challengers. Yeah, this is classic first challengers for the for the new title holders, and they kind of build up and escalate the uh, the difficulty levels for the <laughs> defending champions. And the difficulty level feels kind of low right now. Mm. And if they don't dispatch them, we have bigger problems than than just this feud. Yeah, like I, Kenta's a great, great wrestler historically. His body just won't let him have the great matches anymore. And uh, so, what I'm hoping is that this match is better than the first one, just because hopefully El Fantasma wasn't sick 
you know, that, that was yes. one thing that kind of drug down that other matches. He wasn't feeling very well and he powered through the previous title match and then had to take a few days off. So, uh, yeah, it was, Oh, uh, bullet club stole the belts afterwards, but, uh, we'll get to that uh, for when we talk about the fifth. And after that one, we had uh, this one, which was uh, we had Ishii, Yo, Taguchi, and Tanahashi, uh, all of whom seem amazed on the uh, left side of this photo, like they're watching a magic trick uh, against uh, I mean, look Zach. At Zach, open up his jacket. Aren't well, you, you know, that, that's enough. Zach and uh, the rest of TMDK over here, uh, just very quickly, this was uh, fine. A, t- a lot of Taguchi comedy in this one, as everybody else kind of took the rest of the night off. Led to a submission sequence. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. tapped him out. Zack's getting all these tap-out wins on his way to swearing he's going to submit uh, Brian Danielson. So we'll get to more of that when we talk about the Osaka preview. But uh, that's how this one went. So we got final confirmation that the uh, Never Six Man titles are have been vacated. They're not walking out with them. No, they aren't. But we we actually, I don't know if they've officially announced anything on that. But you're right. Uh, Tanahashi and Ishii aren't carrying them anymore when they walk out. So yeah. uh, Then we had uh, the 903rd meeting, by my count, between just five guys <laughs> and LIJ. Uh, we ended on 902 last week. So the... This is actually legit. Yes. Now this is a this is this says Goldberg levels of accuracy here as far as the the number goes. We believe it's the 903rd meeting here. Uh, just five guys uh, won this one. Uh, the only new twist on this was that Uemura got an armbar tap out on Yoda Suji uh, after a Frankensteiner, and that was to set up what would happen uh, the next night. Uh, both team. Well, I did enjoy that both teams uh, played this like they were shocked that Uemura had that in his arsenal. Everybody's looking around like, holy crap, he tapped the guy out. So uh, there you go. Uh, that was that one. Uh, the great. And now we had uh, the rest of this is United Empire versus the War Dogs. That's the rest of the card here. So Great Ocon defeated Alex Coughlin. Uh, good match. I liked it. Uh, but this one uh, was they they held back a little bit because they knew what was coming a little bit later. There was a little bit of crazier stuff to come in the card. So this was more of a wrestling match than Alex Coughlin usually has as a War Dog. And in the end, it was an eliminator finish. Great Ocon got the victory. You hear yourself? Did you hear what you just said? What it's I just said. More of a wrestling match that this guy had. What? What is this company? Why is he not having wrestling matches? <laughs> because the War Dogs are brawlers. That's why. I mean, oh, okay, really okay, okay. I got, I got you. Okay. No, no, this has been, this been a Great Ocon criticism. This is a Coughlin. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's not even a Coughlin criticism. It's just that this was. Uh, most the of the war dogs matches are fighting through the Coughlin aisles and up and down. Matches. <laughs> yes. But it, the, the, there was more wrestling in this than Coglin usually does in his current gimmick. Is I got you. This bro. was, this felt like what they had laid out for the Cobb match instead. And they just mm. said, here, Cobb, these are your spots. And, and <laughs> that made it, I, yeah, <laughs> I just have to say this. Cause I probably won't be around for the preview, but I just want to say this part. I, you, my friend told me the other day that Great Ocon wasn't in the War Games match. I was like, "What? No, how's he not in the War Games match?" And then I looked at, it, I was like, "Oh, they really do hate him." Okay, all right, <laughs> all right, cool. They well, they had him booked in the uh, the King of Pro Wrestling when the original yeah. uh, feud got started, and they just kind of had him in the back pocket in case somebody got hurt, or in order to make sure that the United Empire team, as it is advertised for that one show is not unified at any point in the five weeks run up to it. There mm-hmm. was the new beginning show or uh, the new year dash show where Osprey was there. I think he's been gone. So he's going to be returning. And so all of these have just been like, 
Great O'Connor, the proxy member of United Empire, that could fit into a match to make sure that the number, so even though Bullet Club only has five guys and they're not switching anybody out. <laughs> also, in in the uh, post match comments, O'Connor has been having little existential thoughts there uh, that seem to indicate that he's preparing for life after United Empire. He's, I think it'll like United Empire preparing for life after United Empire. Well, that's where we're going with that when we get to the preview, but we, I'm not convinced there will be one after this, but it, a couple of guys have kind of dropped hints that they're looking at things past uh, this yeah. weekend. So we'll see. Uh, after this, now we had the match. Of the hey now. Gabe Kidd and Hanare. We talked about how Coughlin wrestled more than usual. This was the knockdown drag out brawl. That we like, I it was my favorite match of the whole weekend. Uh, and this was fought all through the orange seats. Kid dove off the top of the tunnel and was uh clobbered with Got a, a cork and sprint across the carpet. Yes, uh, uh, kids' chops and Harari's kicks were absolutely brutal in this, and it was great, just a war. Uh, I think Kid is going to end up getting some votes for the uh Bruiser Brody Award for Best Brawler next year, and, and he should if they still they still do those awards, don't they, Jeremy? The Brody Award and the I think the, so. The trajectory yeah. for him right now is <sighs> really good. Yeah, there were some hard Larry exchanges, knees, chops. There's a lot of hard strikes and stiff work here, and uh, they battered one another until Hanare dove in with a headbutt spot and it killed him. It killed Kid. And they laid there uh, for a double knockout finish. Normally, that is a lame finish. In this case, it worked absolutely perfectly. I don't, I don't think anyone complained about a double KO finish. 20 minutes, 27 seconds. And uh, go out of your way to see this one if you haven't. The best way I can compare this match is that I know a lot of people saw that Danielson versus Hechicero match on Collision this past week. I will tell you that this match was just as good in a different way. This was a 20-minute big boy wrestling match, and they beat the hell out of each other. And if you want to watch a great wrestling match and you've already seen the other one, this was the match last week that you need to make time for. Since you might not be here for the preview, Scott, let's just go ahead and get your opinion on this. The United Empire and War Dogs. are Is this some sort of heroic comeback from United Empire, or is this... Your opinion is this the war dogs being fully made as they are, uh, you know, as they wipe out the United? Where do you think it's going in Osaka? I think the war dogs have to leave United Empire bloody in the middle of the ring. And finally, because I feel like I don't know if this is just a me thing, could be, but I feel like the one thing with the war dogs has been that like New Japan waiting to fully commit with them in terms of. Like, just this dominating faction. Yeah, they'll always beat you up before the matches, and, you know, we'll have these crazy brawls, but it's it's the point of going all in on them. Make them look dominant as a force, as a faction. And this is your one chance to do it. You're doing a War Games-style match, thankfully, with one ring, uh, as someone that I'm so gets very annoyed <laughs> from normal War Games. Oh, and, and, by the way, I've had to go to the last two War Games matches that have happened, so... In, in person, it's a lot different than getting to watch on a nice little TV screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and one ring's exciting. I think that's the most exciting part. Yes. You're starting with David Finley and Osprey, that, that, as you should, and then it'll go from there. And I'm ex- I love the big cage that New Japan has that's like gives room to everything. Uh, but my my ultimate feeling is that you're leaving United Empire down and bloody, and that's it. 
for the faction. You're putting them over in the biggest way possible. That that has to be the goal here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think there's some drama coming with uh, Francesco Akira as well, which uh, we're going to get to in just a little bit. So David Finlay and uh, face Callum Newman next, and this is exactly what you would think. Callum Newman's a good wrestler, but uh, this is all about making Finlay. So Finlay got the win here, sending messages to Osprey throughout the entire match. And there's not a there's not a whole lot to, to add here other than there was only one way that match was going to go. The main event on the fourth was an IWGP junior heavyweight tag team title match. It was Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney against Catch 2-2, Francesco Kira and TJP. What we had here was Drilla Maloney working on a torn bicep, uh, which is also a legit thing. Uh, not a not a worked injury. Tanahashi had one not too long ago during the G1 and uh, did not also chose not to have surgery and work through it, which you can do. Uh, the muscle's never quite the same when you do that, but nevertheless, uh, you you can uh, work through it and heal it without surgery, but uh, it doesn't quite go back the way it was exactly, from what I understand. I thankfully have never torn mine, but uh, I'm not sure I have tried. I don't know if I have biceps to tear. We'll have to look. But uh, in the meantime, these guys definitely do, and Maloney was uh, hurt here and working basically one arm throughout this match. And uh, Maloney ended up spearing Akira into a table on the outside and it didn't break. Ouch. Uh, But a sure sale did the second time. But uh, those tables are fickle in Japan. You never know what you're going to get. This was fast paced again. Some exciting spots like uh, Akira jumping off TJP's back and running into a Connors power slam. Some good stuff. Maloney hit the drill Akira on Akira. Uh, And then after that, it was mostly the War Dogs trying to get a full clip and uh, the, the, that double team move they do and catch 2-2, escaping, countering it as best they could. However, the big turning point was Maloney went after Akira with a fork and Akira was spooked by it, like climbed down off the second <laughs> rope, kind of hid from him. <laughs> Connors hit no chaser on TJP and they ended up landing the full clip on Akira for the title change. Post-match attack brought out uh, Ghetto and Finlay to beat him down. Cobb and Okan came out. They got laid out. Uh, they uh, got clobbered with the shillelagh, all kinds of heat. All the heat was there. And uh, by the way, if you had told me that it would be, uh, as an Irish person here, uh, if you told me that it would be pro wrestling that would teach me how to spell shillelagh correctly, I just said you were crazy. But uh, I've typed it so many times in my notes, I now know how to spell it. But uh, this was all about heat here. It was all about beating it down. And this whole spooked Francesco Akira makes me think it's going one of one of two ways. Either he's going to do something ridiculously heroic to overcome that fear, or uh, we might be seeing some sort of either a, a bailout or a turn by Akira uh, as uh, this all becomes a little bit too much for him because uh, he was uh, terrified of that fork, Jeremy. I'm curious about where they go with it, but they've definitely given you enough avenue to think that there's more than one way for this to play out. Uh, like Scott said earlier, I think you gotta go all the way with Bullet Club, uh, with those war games match. So, if Akira is going to have a moment of heroism, it's not going to be enough to turn the tides, but it's still an excellent mm. story moment. So he might die a hero. You're thinking he might die a hero in this one, you might have to thread the needle in which you're telling multiple stories at once, but I. There was a point where I thought, oh, hey, maybe they'll make like Matt Riddle head of United Empire, Jeff Cobb there, something like that. At this point, I feel like it's just, I've seen the video montage on New Japan World that says 
United Empire 2020 to 2024. Yeah. You know, they're 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 queuing you up to say goodbye to the stable, and it might just all be for fun, chips and giggles to you know, like to swerve us, if 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 you will. But if you know, this is Osprey's baby. If he's not there, like what's the point? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's something they would transfer. Dunstan has a question for Scott. He says, say the war dogs lose. Suppose. Do you think it's time to pull the trigger on Gabe and push him as the top leader of the group? I think you definitely start a story between him and Finley, right? For they already the, have. Right. I, I love that promo where he told Gabe to shut the fuck up. And then, <laughs> and then Gabe walks off pouting. I thought that was so good. That, uh, God, that, was, like, that was like Big Lebowski. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> I was like, that's the David Finley moment that he needs to, he needs to be that all the time. Uh, I think that's definitely possible. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's definitely an interesting twist, but like that would be, do you end UE by like, just giving like a bow and be like, all right, thanks guys. Have yeah. a good one. Like you think I packed and towels and wiping off the blood of like it's been real guys. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think they're going to go down in flames and they'll, they'll, yeah. whoever's left in new Japan afterwards will have to pick up the pieces. Yeah. And moving to something. And, and again, we've been advocating here for a while. And listen to us. We know what we're talking about. <laughs> you know, Shingo Takagi, Bishamon, Bolton Oleg, maybe grab Cobb or you know, or, or TJP or something like that and create a new group. That's what I'm hoping for. Out of now, Dunstan also has this question for you guys. What if New Japan do a tournament for the six-man tag belts during the Cup Tour? I think that's very possible. Because they'll need something for those shows as it whittles down the New Japan Cup to semifinals, finals. They'll need something else there. And a tournament for six-man titles, not a bad idea. I don't totally love eliminating people in order to, like, create the field for the never six-man titles. It feels a little too uh, manufactured of of two tournament scenarios. That, to me, is just, like, doing a little bit too much at once. And I get... I get doing a tournament, but I would maybe not do a tournament and just just start having some matches, some six-man matches, and just kind of see who advances here. Mm. Maybe don't call it a tournament. Maybe not as official, but something close to that does feel realistic. Maybe enough six-man teams get some wins on yeah. shows that they just say, yeah, oh, these guys have proven themselves as contenders. Yeah, that, that could be a way to do it, too. Definitely. All right, so that's the that was the fourth there. Uh, we move on to the fifth. And we'll try to get through this one uh, fairly uh, a little quicker. But uh, this one, we only had 1,015 people. And I thought originally it was a bank holiday. Uh, it's not. That bank holiday is this weekend, this coming weekend, actually, mm-hmm. uh, in uh, Japan. So, uh, but there was, a, it was, so it was a work day and then a big snowstorm hit Tokyo. And I think that cost them a lot of their walk up that day, what would normally be the walk up. I think mm-hmm. some people just decided to head home and stay out of the snow. So uh, only uh, 1,015 folks there. And you can see that it was there were some empty empty seats there. Um, we had the kickoff match time limit draw between Murashima and uh, Shomakato. After that, we had Bullet Club uh, beating the Gorillas of Destiny again. Uh, not a, Again, not a whole lot. Uh, another post-match attack on the Bullet Club. At that time, it backfired. Uh, they ended up hitting a choke slam on Ishimori and they got the belts back. So a little mini. There was a funny there. little gag of them dragging Ishimori's lifeless body out of the ring at the at the end of this match, which if you like a little bit of comedy at the end of these things, that'll be up your alley. Ishimori is so checked out right now. 
just just he knows that there's no plans for him and he is like i'm going to do some spots and then i'm gonna have fun because <laughs> this sucks <laughs> he's like he's just not figured into anything at the moment yeah. which is why i thought he needs a new coat of paint to get the hell out of bullet club but i mean needs. they're they can't do everything at once and you know by yeah, april know. You're right. You're right. by You're may right. i feel like we're gonna be once we get into the best of the super juniors a lot of these junior heavyweight guys might be getting that fresh coat of paint that you were talking about yeah, maybe so. Uh, after that, we had the 10-man tag, Desperado, Bolton, Shota, and Honma, and Yo. They defeated the House of Torture, the whole uh, fan family there, pretty much. Uh, eight minutes, 57 seconds. It was fairly quick. Uh, Shota beat Yujiro pretty easily with a Death Rider in this one. And uh, again, we're, we're just a on the undercard, a little bit of 50-50 booking going into the uh, New Beginning shows. I was definitely thrown off when I was watching the, uh, the, the match listing and realizing there's only five matches on this card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, they did uh, make some changes there. There were only five, but the one went almost an hour. Oh, that last one was fantastic. Eight man tag: TMDK against uh, Chaos. That's Ishii and Yano, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Makabe. So you had a little bit of the GBH team, Hantai in there. This was a Fujita and Zack Saber Jr. showcase. Again, we're getting uh, Zack on a roll for his match with Brian Danielson, and uh, he tapped out Makabe with an armbar this time, but. Uh, Fujita looked brilliant in this match, including giving Tanahashi a sling blade of his own. And Tanahashi even joked, it's like, how come when everybody does a sling blade on me, it looks better than my sling blade? And I'm like, well, you haven't been able to actually do a sling blade in four years there, Hiroshi. Sorry, buddy. But, uh, you know, Fujita, boy, if, if, if this guy isn't a monster star in the junior heavyweight division, I don't know who is. I love that guy. I oh. just wanted to say that. I love you, him. Is it too <laughs> early to drop a rocket to him on the Super Juniors this year, or do you wait till mm. next year? With no Watto? Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it might be. Yeah. Uh, Dunson saying, uh, Noah and New Japan might as well trade since Ishimori and certain Noah talent aren't doing anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the thing is, I, I think Jeremy might be onto something that they might have plans for Ishimori there. You know, that, that I think that's true. But what would you say, Scott? I said, who the hell are you trading for? <laughs> yeah. Who do you, yeah. <laughs> Me I mean, Boyo, junior Boyo for Boyo. junior. <laughs> yes, yeah, oh, yeah. There you go. That's a good trade. I would, I would do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. So, and then uh, then we had this one. This was uh, the uh, United Empire getting a win over the Bullet Club uh, this time, kind of. <laughs> but what happened was this one was all an angle. It was a jump start by United Empire as Bullet Club came out. And within, uh, well, one minute and 11 seconds, to be precise, Finlay just threw a chair in Akira's face for a very early DQ. Uh, Connors then speared Marty Asami out of his shoes, beat down on United Empire. They hung Akira with the dog chain. Uh, Akira is just seems to be the focal point here that the War Dogs are convinced he's the weak point, and they're just beating the crap out of him every single chance they get, uh, which means he's probably going to be involved in the key moment in this uh, cage match. It's a great angle, my suspicion was this was more to protect Drilla Maloney from getting hurt yeah. even more. So they did a DQ to kind of end the match instead of putting him to the pace. Because we failed to mention it, I think. He tore his bicep. And he wrestled a title match with a torn bicep. And he will mm -hmm. continue to wrestle with a torn bicep through war games and until it is healed. Because he yeah. is a crazy person who sees this as an opportunity that he does not want to lose out on. Yeah, we mentioned that we were talking about the title match there that he just kind of did all that one-armed. So after that, we had the Faction Warfare Gauntlet match. So this is the big main event here. And uh, this was this did end up uh, pretty good. Uh, they worked it so that 
uh, in a way such that nobody uh, very important had to do any jobs, and they were careful about that, uh, unless it was to set up something uh, down the road. So uh, I really like this match. I really the idea like was two guys go in. There's a 10-minute time limit. If the time limit goes off, both men are eliminated. Uh, or if there's a pinfall, then the next person from the losing team comes in. That's And then you go until nobody's left. They let it off with the uh, preview of the world title match coming up. So Naito and Sonata wrestled for about 10 minutes, just kind of a little appetizer for everybody. 10-minute draw, both those guys were out. Nobody hit their finishers. Nobody mm -hmm. really got to that point there. So that was all just kind of saving things for us. Uh, after that, we had Taka versus Shingo. Guess what happened there? Uh, Taka tried to, they actually gave Taka quite a bit in this one. Shingo did right there, but he ended up hitting a pumping bomb or a power bomb. And then he tapped him out with an STF with that, that brought out Taichi. All right. Well, that gave them a reason to get Shingo out of the match without him doing a job. He and Taichi, uh, wrestled around for 10 minutes. And then that, uh, was out by the way, Taichi, I noticed him, uh, Jeremy, did you see him at the sumo basho? Yeah. Uh, yeah. On the last Just day. Of the getting, there, getting there, ready yes. forward. Coolest Lean cucumber in. in the whole joint right there. Did not yeah. react visibly the entire time, even as uh, it came down to a playoff Caught finish. Honestly, we're a fine sumo. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so uh, we, we knew he was a fan, but, man, he had the good seats for that. I don't know who. And I don't the know sunglasses how on the entire time. Where's <laughs> the sunglasses tonight? Uh, Doki and Bushi, that was all very quick. Doki got Bushi real fast with the Jorge Rivera special roll-up, and that left us to Doki and Hiromu. Go figure. Uh, this was exciting, good series of cradles, uh, and uh, but it went to a 10-minute draw because we don't want anyone important to do jobs until we get down to the last two, Uemura and Suji, because they had something in mind for this one. And uh, Scott, I'll throw this to you right here. As this has gone on, this Suji-Uemura feud, feud, to me, has more steam on it than Naito and Sonata does. I, I think. Correct. Yeah, it, it just feels fresher. It feels more exciting, doesn't it? As I mean, it should, though. Their well, beautiful okay. locks are on the line. Well, Woo. I know. Yeah, That's more important than the world title. If I had that head of hair, come on now. It feels, <laughs> it feels both short-term and long-term more important than the IWGP title right now. And I don't know why that is, but I care way more about this hair match than I do about the title. I think seriously, no one on this podcast or show or whatever you want to call this thing, no one on Speaking of Strong Style, of the three of us, believes for one solitary second that Naito is in an ounce of danger here, right? With Sonata? Right. If it was possible to have negative danger, he would. <laughs> yeah. So there's no heat. We know what's going on here. First of all, he's not going to lose. They've talked about the Mazda Stadium show too many times now publicly <laughs> for it not to happen and for, for Naito not to have a match in Hiroshima at the stadium and all that. We know Sonata's not winning this thing. So it has no steam on it. And uh, this has steam. So they wrestled. It was terrific when they're in there with each other. They really work well together. Uh, I like that Hikaleo on commentary talked about uh, said some interesting things because he was in the dojo at the same time these two were. And he said that Uemura was very by the books and followed all the instructions and did everything. And Suji was more mischievous. He would find little back doors and ways to uh, skirt the rules a little bit. And it, it, it helped with the story there. It's probably also true. Uh, by the looks on their faces. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Suji does look like he just got away with something you don't know about. That's what his entire face looks like. You know, like, I don't know what this guy did. But he got away with something, and I'm not aware of it. Uh, but, yeah, and, and also afterwards, anyway, they, they had a long Boston Crab spot with Ume, Ume Mura fighting it. I'm going to ah, gotta figure out a way to pronounce his name consistently correctly. Uh, Ume Mura got out and used an arm bar again, which he got the finish with the day before, but Suji used a roll-up to break it up. 
came out of that, hit the big spear and won it. Afterwards, Suji says he wanted a hair versus hair match. He says, parody is useless. We could go back beating each other in six man tags, all or eight man tags or all we want in the 1000 meetings between these two things, but it needs to end now. And uh, the only way to do that is with a take away something that means everything to one of the two. So hair versus hair coming up in Sapporo. New Japan also seems to be putting a pin in the newer guys fighting one another. Shota has moved on from Narita. Suji and Uemura are about to wrap this up for now, of course. They'll be mm-hmm. generational rivals. But Suji even vowed to challenge for the world title afterwards, which makes me think he's losing the match. Uh, he's losing his hair. But maybe this is New Japan's way of moving them away from one another and perhaps toward each of the four in some way being put over by someone else. So instead of the parody and beating each other back and forth, might be time for these guys to start moving up the card and facing other people that can put them over. That's kind of where I think they might be going with this. Is like, well, we can't, we can't build all these guys up if they keep beating one another. So let's put a pin in it for now, wrap these things up, and send them in different directions. Am I reading that right, you think? Scott, you got any thoughts? I think you're right. Um, though I don't think I want to see Suji without his hair. I think Nari- I think uh, Uemura will look a lot better with the shaved head. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. Oh my God! You cannot cut off Yuya's I li- hair. I like Yuya's hair when it's a little shorter. So ah. that voluminous, you get lost in that forest of hair. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. Oh that's why God. I think he's cutting it because like, they I probably look, called him like, "Hey." I looked at Yoda's hair, and I was like, "God, that's got to be annoying to have to wet and dry all the time." That thing's coming off. <laughs> I think Jeremy might need to be alone for a moment here. Are you okay? Wow. Man. <laughs> He'd be scary bald. You really, I, I thought Yoda Suji was losing this match. I thought he'd get Yoda Suji can't lose again, though. He loses yes, he all the time. He does. Yeah. I know. There, uh, is, there is an end game here that I think at Wrestle Kingdom, each one of these four are going to have a match against like an established legacy guy that's had like never at the never open weight title at the lowest like reign of theirs maybe I, all IWGP title holders or well or greater like i think all four guys are going to have like that stepping stone major victory by wrestle kingdom chris so, chris samson mentioned when we were doing the wrestle kingdom preview that he felt that the winner of the suji uemura match might pull an okada and come out and challenge for the world title after either a dash or, or whatever. Uh, this kind of feels like that might happen now. Like this, mm-hmm. like the winner of Suji Uemura might just come out after Naito wins and step up. That you can, pu- this you can pull it off for the anniversary show. Yeah. They do need something for the anniversary show. Yeah. And uh, that's, yeah, that's March 6th, by the way. So it's not far away. And that kind of feels like you could do it. And it's a good place for it. Again, you're setting up whoever wins mm-hmm. to then lose. So, yeah, yeah mm. but still, because uh, Naito's Unless not... they win. But they, but they wouldn't have mentioned that Mazda Stadium show, man. I, 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 don't, even know when that is. I don't even know when that is. They haven't announced. That's just it. Oh. They keep saying they're, they're going... Talking about it. That's they crazy. keep... Well, but I, it's it's being talked about in a way that it hasn't been announced, but it's planned. 
Does that make sense? Okay. Like, speaking yeah. of uh, announced but not really planned, okay. we never really touched on the fact that Stardom had a show on WrestleMania weekend, and we still have an unannounced, unplanned, historic Stardom and so for two show sometime coming this year. Yeah, just, a little bit. Of, I, I, I don't even. I, <laughs> you left Scott, him speechless. That was a good job, Scott. Do you even have the emotional capacity to try to figure out what the hell's going to go on WrestleMania weekend with that company at nope. this point? Me neither. Nope. There's so much they can't possibly have any clue. They don't even know what they're doing at Corkin next week. No, no, they don't. You know, and I'm not trying to be insulting, but I honestly think that that is so they far. Don't know what they're doing at Corkin next week. They have, they have back-to-back Corkin Hall shows, and they don't have anything announced for either one. Yeah, we got a list of John B. Sale. To Jeremy, the company doesn't have much of a choice if they want to sell well for the dome without Okada right there. And oh man, Tyler, Tyler with a hot take here. He says maybe Doki will take the hair. No, no, stop it with that. That would be worse than either. That would be worse than either one of them. Stop it with that, Tyler. I can. I think they should separate the four guys until the G1, according to Dunstan. There, and then with half the G1. Like, put them all, put each one of them in a different bracket. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, there you go. So, uh, anyway, that that was the way. So, we're going to have hair versus hair right there. And uh, then who knows after that. Some uh, news and notes after that. Satoshi Kojima is the new MLW champion. We've mentioned it a little before. He beat Alex Kane at Super Fight event. But he also injured his MCL. And he's been taken off both uh, this coming weekend's shows and the Fantastic Mania I watched tour. that match. What would you think? It was fine uh i don't really care for the mlw product it reminds me a lot of nft without the nft pedigree or kind of uh pay uh like pageantry alex kane reminded me of a young big e trying to wrestle like claudio castagnoli and not doing a particularly good job of it but trying nonetheless hmm. uh this match and the uh, Yuji Nagata Jacob Fatu match. I think the Jacob Fatu match and Nagata was better than this one, but there was a lot of surprise, you know, like putting a new Japan guy with the new agreement with MLW uh, front and center seems like a great plan. Unfortunately, Kojima got hurt and uh, we are that we are there now. But Nagata came out with beers to celebrate after the show, it was kind of adorable. And uh, it's on New Japan World if you want to watch these matches. I don't think you have to if you don't want to. How was Nagata and Jacob Fatu good today? I mean, we know Fatu's. I thought it was better than uh, Kojima and Alex King. Okay. So with that in mind, by the way, uh, I don't know if you know this. This is uh, Kojima's second run with the MLW title. Did you know that? they talked about it? It yeah. was twenty-two years. And do you know who he beat? Yes, or I who do. Beat him uh, for the title the first time around. I, I can answer both of those. Uh, so Shane Douglas won the original tournament and threw the belt down where they did. They just decided to do the repeat of the NWA ECW double cross thing. Uh, that was a work though, but, and then they, so officially he is the first MLW champion because he defeated Jerry Lynn, September 26, 2002 to become the first champion, quote unquote. And then he held it until June of 2003. He lost it to Mike. Awesome. Mike Awesome. Kojima well, is an old You know what? Mike Awesome's where I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> we ran him off. We will be on. Uh, we'll be on for a few minutes longer. You're going to be on tomorrow. Are you going live? Or are you recording? I am recording because it's going to be long. It's going to be timeline questions, everything we possibly know. Hopefully, an observer update. Uh, because I know the newsletter will be out tomorrow morning, so 
kind of find that on the five star Josie show. Yes, that will be up. I'm going to guess Saturday morning for anyone that's interested. Also putting something up on YouTube. So sorry, Jeremy. Uh, got I got to put a timeline up. I got to get some views, you know? Um, I hear but, you, man. They're but, an uh, audience that you have to cater to. Yes, but thank you for having me. Thank you for and, showing uh, up. Fantastic Mania is going to rock. That's, yeah, that's sure, it really will. We're going to get to that a little bit later. Scott, again, the year. we really appreciate your time. And again, uh, if you need to know anything on stardom or the whole world of Joshi Pro Wrestling, uh, Scott Edwards is the best in uh, the English language about it. I uh, can't say enough about him, what he does. Both of his podcasts. And we have him on speed dial. It's kind of cool. It's awesome. So again, Scott, take care of yourself. Good luck to you. Try to get some sleep at some point in your life. <laughs> I'm, planning, I'm planning to tonight. Enjoy your weekends, guys. See ya. Take care, take care Scott. Bye. Go Niners. Snuck that in the end. I oh did. <laughs> he had that oh. LA hat on. I had to get it at him. <laughs> I know. He's in Boston. I don't know. Yeah, a, the he's sending a lot of mixed like, signals. Sending a lot I of mixed signals. I don't know about that one. By the way, Colin, if you're still watching, congratulations on Rangers uh, at top of the table with uh, Celtic. So uh, that's that's a big Colin, I hope you got the closed captioning on. I know you can't hear anything right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. All right. So new beginning in Osaka. Let's run down this card because I'll, I'll say one thing for New Japan is that as we have gotten toward these events in Osaka and Sapporo, they keep we adding to, things. We have that to are... throw one match on there before we preview this. Can you believe oh. this? Hold on. <laughs> oh yeah, Orange Cassidy and Ishii. I thought now I, huh, I know that AEW you know doesn't doesn't hold tight to all these things, but I thought that the best friends and Cassidy were in chaos. They are, but I feel like this just had something to do with like, hey, we got kind of a weak card, and you got Danielson. You don't really have any plans for Ishii. Oh wait, you do have plans for Ishii. Can you cancel those plans, and can we have them on our show? And that's basically what happened. <laughs> so on Saturday, February 10th, AEW collision, Orange Cassidy defending against Tomohiro Ishii. It'll probably be it'll probably be fun to watch. I, I'm not a match. I just like in all honesty, I don't really want to see Ishii losing to much of anybody, even in a title match. This feels like the equivalent of like a never open weight title challenge. That's mm. kind of the level I feel like Orange Cassidy's uh international championship is at. It's gonna be a fun match. Uh this is pure fan service it's a lot of what tony's been doing lately on aew and they've been great matches but uh i don't know i just kind of like it better when you eat on the new japan shows so speaking of new japan shows new beginning in osaka sunday february 11th Eddie arena it's packed out i don't think you can get in anymore i think the tickets are gone even the little single scattereds First half of this card seems to be more about setting up this two mat two shows coming up in Sapporo on the twenty third and twenty fourth. The second half is a super card, uh, so this is very exciting. We are going to go live Monday, uh, not Super Bowl Sunday. We know better than that, and they, we we seed the internet to the National Football League. On we that read day the room. Sure. <laughs> We're reading the room, but on Monday, uh, so we don't have to wait till next Thursday to talk about it. It'll be Monday at our usual time, uh, five thirty Eastern, and we will discuss. Uh, this card, New Beginning in Osaka. So the, uh, we, it'll begin with uh, Yo and Yano against Bolton and Taguchi, which is, again, another one. Like, who's going to take the fall on this one? Uh, I'm very curious to see. <laughs> you think Taguchi is going to be? I think Taguchi. Again, man, they're just going to be protecting Bolton Oleg until the end of time. <laughs> well, well, I'm, I'm curious to see how this goes. I, re I really feel yeah. like if a new faction is created, he should be the guy they pull up and say, you're the future guy. You know, we've, uh, after that, we have the cup. Do you put him in the Japan cup? 
maybe. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe. And then um, just have them have like a, a win on the first round, an upset win against somebody. Yeah, one or two, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah we could do that. Uh, Bishamon against Callum Newman and the great Okan uh, will be after that one. Oh, uh, again, Okan. Back. What's that? Hiroki Goto's back. Yep, yep. Yeah, Hiroki Goto is back. So we'll have Bishamon back against uh, against Newman and Okan. Again, Okan not in the cage match. And uh, we've discussed that he talked a little bit of uh, life after UE, if it came to that. Uh, we also have Tiger Mask, Honma, Desperado, and Umino against the House of Torture. So this is all a preview for Evil and Umino, their never open weight title match that will be coming up. And also, I'm curious about this, Jerry. Uh, Show and Desperado is a special challenge match for now in Sapporo. Yes. Show has stolen Desperado's mask, unmasked him, and uh, you know Desperado had to cover up and all that stuff. I think there's a possibility we could have an angle alert here where either he gets the mask again or does something to piss Desperado off uh, enough that he puts the title on the line in Sapporo. You think Probably. You that way? Yeah. Uh, either that or the special challenge match leads to Desperado losing and then the title put on the line afterwards. I think one of those two outcomes is pretty likely. Likely. After that, we have LIJ versus Just Five Guys for the 906th time by our count. Uh, look for them to highlight individual matchups ahead of that series of singles matches in Sapporo. So I think we'll probably have a, a good helping of Hiromu and Doki. Uh, certainly a little bit of Naito and Sonata. Certainly mm-hmm. some Shingo and Taichi in there. So we'll we'll see those little pairings in that one. And then, of course, the big one, Okada. Tanahashi for the final time in a new Japan ring for now. Uh, you know, who knows what the future holds, but uh, Okada Tanahashi, one of new Japan's all time classic matchups for the last time will take place in uh, Osaka. And uh, what, what are your thoughts on this one, Jeremy, as we go into this match, it's headlined wrestle kingdoms. It's been one of the underlying I've seen this match live. And me too. And uh, me too. I saw it at a G1. Uh, and you never get tired of it. No. What are your thoughts that this is going to be the last time, probably for a few years at the very I least? I think this is the last time. I think Father Time is ticking down on Hiroshi Tanahashi yeah. uh, in, in ring time. Maybe there's one more, but even the level of what we are accustomed to between the two, like this is Father Time ticking down and this is this is going to be a special a special match. Like I can't even, I can't even like look you in the eye and say, this is going to be a crap. Like I'm going to be disappointed in some way in this match, Mm. you know, like there's too much energy. There's too much, like there's no one in that building that will allow this match to fail. If that Mm. makes sense. Dunson says it feels like New Japan stacking up the important shows to sell the most tickets. I, I think that's literally exactly what's happening. I think that is they, exactly what is going on. There are going to be no other time that New Japan is going to be this hot with the news of Okada leaving yeah. and having as much attention. And they're striking while the iron is hot. I give Tanahashi all the credit in the world for upping the ante on these shows and making it so that we have a one, two, three punch of shows that are like, Oh, and they're adding, excuse me, they're adding what? You know, it's a little bit more. And the little bit more is putting these shows over the top. Colin says, I guarantee as it gets near the finish that Tana starts crying. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, boy, I, I would take that bet. I Don't would do that, that to bet. me. Don't do that to I me. Know. Like, I, I love you. I know. <laughs> oh, and, and Colin also informs me that Celtic won a midweek game last week to go top again. So, okay. Well, the Rangers are second, but they're right in there with the, uh, sure. I don't, 
I know I know that this is all a, a word salad to you, Jeremy. Rangers and Celtic are is one of the great rivalries in world football. So it's uh, oh. not so so not only is it one of the great rivalries, but they are currently battling for the championship in the Scottish Premier League. It's always so. Bro, I'm catching light. up on my Paramount Plus Star Trek, and I just saw <laughs> Brave New Worlds and uh, a Strange New Worlds and Lower Dense crossover that made me very happy. And I know I'm speaking words out to you. And I say thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, after that, we have the IWGP World Tag Team Titles. That's uh, El Fantasmo and Hikaleo defending against Kenta and Chase Owens. Please, please, Ghetto, I'm begging you. I'll do whatever you want. Don't change the titles here. And hopefully it's a better match. Like I said, uh, ELP, not sick this time. And, and it's a little bit better. But for, for the love of God, this, is, this isn't the time to change. You know it. what I think of when I see Kenta and Chase Owens? I that I'm looking forward to Kenta's post match comments more than seeing him wrestle. No, that you're looking at the potential 101st IWGP tag team champion. Do you think they're gonna switch it? Uh, what that? You don't think they're gonna switch it, dude? No, I mean, you think oh, about the no. fact that Kenta and Chase Owens are gonna be the 101st. No, it's not happening. Come on, I'll tell you what, Colin, if that's the finish, I'll cry, let alone Tanahashi. That's a mega thunder kiss. Look, destroy Hikaleo's knees before we get to the end of the year. <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. and Brian Danielson uh, hey is after that. That's the shut up and take my money match. Uh, the intrigue is will Zach tap Danielson? And here's my thought on this one, Jeremy. If Danielson wins, it's good news because I think that means he's going to be in more New Japan shows going forward. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm reading the tea leaves there. If Zach does indeed tap out Danielson here, then it might be the launch to get Zach up to the top guy Jin level. So either way, I think I'm going to be really happy at the end of this because it's either like, okay, now we're on the Zach Sabre Jr. train for sure. If Danielson wins, hmm, uh, then uh, maybe we'll get something at Dominion. <laughs> so. I just, actually, I just thought about not or Dominion. Both. What if they do the rubber match at Windy City? Oh yeah, I mean, look, if if it they've means already got Danielson... Moxley off that off that AEW show that night to do the Windy City, so why don't we bring Daniels along? Too? So again, if Zach wins, it means that they're really going with Zach, which they should. Yes. And that should happen anyway, even if he loses down the road, just not here. But if, if he taps Danielson, then we know for sure it's happening pretty soon. If Danielson wins, means we get more Danielson. So uh, I think we're all uh, going to come out ahead. This, on this is called a win-win. Mm, yeah. Steel cage match comes after that. Now, we know that this is going to be fought under uh, the war game style rules. So two guys start. And then uh, War Dogs have the advantage, which they're booking it correctly. Uh, Heels have the advantage where uh, they get the number advantage and it's alternating people coming in. Uh, and then the match cannot end until everybody's in. It's going to be a steel cage mm -hmm. match. Again, I think Francesco Akira going to be the key player here as to how his psyche goes into this thing and where his head is. But uh, in the end, it feels like this is the time to make David Finlay and the War Dogs into the badass bastards that they need to be if they're going to be taken seriously as the leaders of Bullet Club. I'm very excited for this match. I think we're in agreement as to what needs to happen in this match. I think it's going to happen in this match. And I think they've done an excellent job of creating anticipation for this match going forward. I don't think you need to watch every show. I think if you dipped your toes in at any point and saw the build for this match, you'd be like, hell yeah, I'm into this. And, uh, we shall see come Sunday, Monday, just how much reaction there was to it. 
Well, and of course, uh, Will Ospreay's final match for now in New Japan, he's going to AEW, so there's going to be avenues for him to come back mm-hmm. and, and work some of these things. But as far as being a consistent New Japan performer, it's the end for Will Ospreay, which would be here. And uh, Dunstan has a nice thought before we get to that. Uh, he says, I hope we have a fresh team challenge for the tag belts like Grizzled Young Veterans or Oiwa Kent, uh, Kento. I love Grizzled Young Veterans. I think they're fantastic. I would love to see them in New Japan. So, uh, but, you know, I, I think we will see a different team uh come up uh but uh, i don't know we'll we'll, we'll see uh what pans out there but i, I would love to see a, a new team kind of come in and challenge even if they don't win it It'd be nice mm-hmm. to get some fresh blood in that division can you believe it fantastic mania has snuck up on us it has and it is starting on the 12th at the end uh, at the prefectural gym in osaka so they're staying in osaka they're doing the big show in edion arena on sunday on monday february 12th they will move to the prefectural gym which is in the same uh complex uh, so, uh, well, they're just that smaller building. You'll recognize it when you see yeah. it. Can and, I, uh, uh, can I tell you how funny I thought it was when AEW announced the CMLL, uh, talent and then everyone was immediately like, oh man, what if they're just there all the way through revolution and they're going to have this great run and they're going to set up this thing. I'm like, I got bad news for you guys. <laughs> We're, we're, we get them. We get them a little bit in there too. So on the twelfth, uh, we will uh, hear the highlights of the twelfth. Now, uh, the tour continues on, but the the shows. Uh, there are a couple of shows that we're not going to see on New Japan World. So they stay in Osaka for that second day there uh, at the uh, Prefectural Gym, and then uh, they go about uh, they go about the country a little bit, and then we will pick it up. Yeah, here it is. Uh, so there's another show in Osaka on the thirteenth and a show in Kagawa, and those won't be shown on New Japan World. We right. will get the show from uh, the, the 12th. We'll pick it back up with the last four dates on the tour. That's the 16th in Nagoya, the 17th in Chiba, and then the 18th and 19th in Korokan Hall back in Tokyo. So we get the 12th, then a few days off where they're still running Fantastica Mania, but we won't see a couple of shows, and then we get the last four. On the 12th, which we will happen before we reconvene here for Speaking of Strong Style, we will see, uh, we'll find out in a preview tag if we get a second generation Kama, uh, Kamayatachi or if it's just Hiromu under his old mask again. He is teaming with LIJ, so it's probably going to be Hiromu as Kam, uh, Kamayatachi again. We'll also see Templario, Atlantis Jr. and Volador Jr. against Soberano Jr., Rocky Romero, and Hechicero, uh, which should be an exciting six-man tag. And Tanahashi teaming with Mascara, Dorada, and Mistico against uh, Francesco Akira on the Rudo side here, Stuka Jr., and Ultimo Guerrero, uh, which should also be uh, a real fun match. A lot of talent, Jeremy. My that goodness. They're, they're, they're spending like the age trying to tell you something about Akira, and I, I refuse to take the bait. <laughs> we'll see what's happening there. Uh, and as I said, Tyler, he said, will Fantastic Media be on World? Some of it will. Uh, two shows will not be, but the 12th will be. Uh, that That's going to be uh, Monday. And then 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, all will be. And that's a wraparound. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we will see the Fantastic Mania shows as they uh, work their way back to Cork and Hall in Tokyo. And no, uh, Colin mentions this, uh, no Dolce Gardenia this time. I don't think so. I don't think he's on the tour. He might, somebody has to be running the CMLL cards back. And I, that's the one thing I noticed here, Jeremy. We are getting a lot of heady, heavy hitters. Uh, Mascara, Dorada, Mistico, uh, Atlantis Jr., Volador Jr., Templario. These are and uh, these are all Soberano Jr., Hechicero. These are some pretty major names. names. Somebody has to be back at 
in Mexico uh, <laughs> headlining these shows. So I think it's going to be a big week for Dolce Gardenia, probably Templario. Probably. Uh, probably. And uh, Zondacan and all that will probably move up uh, the cards uh, a little they'll bit. Get, they'll, uh, they'll get their big time in the sun. <laughs> Barbaro Cabernario, who's not on this tour and things. But uh, a lot, th this is not a, uh, a lineup to be trifled with. And, of course, we're going to get to see Okamura again, uh, who, uh, again, uh, one of those guys that went off to wrestle in Mexico for a while and never came back. Uh, Okamura just stayed in CMLL, but he comes back for Fantastic Media every year. All right. So we got a couple new notes, then we're going to wrap this thing up. Cause... Let's hear him. All right. Let's see what we got here. After David Finley, so this is the official announcement of the War Dogs, of the War Games. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a confirmation, so that we were not, in fact, making that up. <laughs> then this is the Hair versus Hair match. It's announced for February 24th. You can look at both of those all that glorious hair, and think, how could Yoda Suji possibly <laughs> defeat Yuyo Uyamura? We have the Mayu Iwatani Mina Shirakawa match for mm -hmm. the February 23rd. We have Jack Perry, we have Ren Narita, we have Tomohiro Ishii, and we have uh, the Gorillas of Destiny all announced for Windy City Riot with more tickets on sale there. And they, they opened up all of them now, like the full building. Yeah. yeah. And yes, uh, we have uh, we have a new team name, Youngblood. Uh, that is uh, the new team in England, Oscar Loibe and Yudo Nakashima. The Yudo Nakashima interview that has been posted in the news section of NJPW1972.com. <laughs> Must read. It's fabulous. I, I really recommend you go and read that. that and eloquent uh, and well-spoken. And, and like you said, a little sassy. I mean, he's, he's definitely got some thoughts there. Uh, but yeah, Youngblood uh, is the name of the team. Loibe and Nakashima uh, doing the rare thing and going on excursion as a team together. It's been, uh, well, Show and Yo, I guess, were the last ones to do that. So this is going to be an exciting. Uh, they they left and they were starting to heat up. And I'm I'm excited for Young Blood. I'm excited for what seems to be a clear package outside of New Japan and Repro where they are where they're currently doing their excursion. And uh, yeah, it was it was cool, man. I'm I'm into it. So, yeah, a lot of big shows coming up. So next uh, Monday, so on Monday, we will be back to talk about the new beginning in Osaka show. And uh, if I ha if I have a chance to go over the Fantastic Mania show for that day, I think I will. Uh, we'll be able to talk a little bit about that. So on February 12th at 5.30 p.m. Eastern, we will wrap up the new, uh, the, uh, new beginning in Osaka. Again, Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. We'll get out of the way for the Niners and the Chiefs on that one. And then uh, next Thursday, we'll be back in our regular time. Again, 5.30 Eastern. <laughs> and we will be talking more about Fantastica Mania as we build up to the new beginning in Sapporo shows. And, of course, the big thing in the Sapporo shows, still waiting to hear what uh, they have in mind for Kazuchika Okada's final New Japan matches. It could be Nakamura. I know you're hoping it is. <laughs> So uh, anything else, of course, remember here on the YouTube channel, don't forget Power Bombshells, 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. They've got a big show coming up. And uh, anything else to, to add, Jeremy, before we wrap this one up? I am going to make it abundantly clear to everyone that the hair of my ass about Nakamura <laughs> on the 24th or the 23rd, Stephen Conway has disavowed anything to do with this one. He's just like, you're on your own on this one, guy. And it went up on YouTube, it was all me. He I, had I, nothing I, to do with it. And he's like, wow, you really think this Nakamura thing? I'm like, nope, I am full of shit. 
I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> WWE is very hot right now. I enjoy watching their shows. I enjoy uh, I, I enjoy what I'm seeing from those guys. I am deeply skeptical of them doing anything that helps anyone else without very selfish purposes being involved. All I all. know is that when Nakamura lost a bull rope match, I didn't think he was going to be figured in to Elimination Chamber plans for the Raw main event. That's all I'm saying. With Thank that you mind. for what you will. <laughs> Thank but you we, uh, we went 10 extra minutes. Cool. <laughs> Thank you to everybody who watched us. Thank you for Scott Edwards uh, for joining us and uh, for your questions, for all the folks who watched us live, for everyone who's listening in later. We definitely appreciate that you have made us Thank part you so of your week. Yeah. And uh, with that in mind, we will sign off for now. Jerry Feinstone, I'm Stephen Conway. We'll be back with Speaking a Strong Style Monday and Thursday next week. We'll talk to you again real soon. I'm a Niner fan, so I might be in a real bad mood. You just or a good one. See. Who knows? I could just be in a bad mood anyways. Ha, ha, ha.